Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles uh, International, right here on TojiNet and, of course, Pararex. And I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way across from the pond is the guy there who is the gold standard in ghost hunting or something or other. He is none other than the fabulous Steve Parsons. Okay, so I'm not playing again. You are. You're loud and clear. You just told me not to speak. Yeah. We didn't do that off the air. Just keep on freaking going. <laughs> I was only following instructions from the master. Good evening. Yeah, Robert. right. If you're following instructions, you wouldn't have spoken when you were spoken to. Yeah. Stop doing that when I was at school. Mm. How are you? Outstanding. Good. Too much. Too much. Outstanding. You'll be here. Well, I was, I was outstanding last week on the harbour. Yeah, too much you'll be here, though. Mm. Is America ready? Yeah, yeah. Us, they, us, they, us. I, call my, I call my good friend uh, Trump, and he they lifted the uh, ban on laptops, so there you go. Oh, that's good. Or Can- South Canada, as it's now known. What is? America. I don't think so. Yeah, we've renamed it. It's it's the hub of the universe, evidently. It's been renamed now to South Canada. It's going to be a province of Canada. Yeah, right. Canadians, no. Canadians are cool. They have yeah, a good, yeah. They have they're a really just like they, hey. They're like they, hey. They have a really good queen. Totally, they have what? They have a really good queen. Well, not anymore. They got rid of her, and now she. They're just. Uh, they're, so, they're so anyways, over the yeah. weekend, uh, yeah. Jan, Jan and I watched this film, uh, yeah. which I highly recommend to everyone, and it is called uh, Fairy Tales, a True Story, and uh, it's an excellent film uh, for the whole family to watch. It has Harry Houdini in it, it has uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in it, it has the Coddling Fairies, it has ghosts. It has Gardner in it. It has everyone. It's just an amazing film. It, it, well, well done. Starring Peter O'Toole Tool as uh, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Harry Cattell as Houdini. So, highly recommend it. Do you, have you seen it? Um, actually, yes, I have. Uh, the boys were watching it ooh, back at Christmas time. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, well. <laughs> It was a version of the story. Well, I mean, it had absolutely nothing, of course, to do with Houdini, who was never involved with the Cottingley fairies upon which the entire film is based. Um, and the film actually well, was entitled A True Story. <laughs> if I remember rightly, it was, yeah. it was depicted as a true story, which, of course, it isn't. Well, Cause, I mean, it, it, it's a dramatization. It's a good film. And the kids, I, yes, I would agree with you. I would say it makes an excellent family film and worth watching. Thank you. 
No, seriously, it was a good film. But I, I you know, thought it was very good. Bear in mind, it was a fantasy take on the story. No, it, it was a dramatization, I would think, as a, more the fan. I mean, yeah, there was, yeah. But I, I thought it was well done. It was, uh, you know, and of course, the, the reason I got it, I, I got it from the library, it was because, uh, you know, Spare, of course, this year is Sir Arthur, uh, is Houdini and Doyle, and, you know, it had the two characters, and it had the Carling Fairies, which is going to be part of Spare, of course, as well, which, Oh, and the other thing it had, of course, it was uh, Fairy Houses as well, which was really cool. And so it had it all, really. It was a, a great... Yeah, it had um, it had Peter Pan. Um, what else did it have in that film that wasn't quite right? Harry Houdini, uh, Peter Pan, and Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson was not in it. He was in it. No, he wasn't. Oh, yes, he was. No, he wasn't. I guarantee you Mel Gibson was in the film. Uh, as what? Uh, didn't he play one of the dads? No. He did. He played the dad of one of the girls. Really? Yeah. Somebody in the chat room, check that. I'm, I oh, no, there's no apologize. need to check it. I have the DVD right here. Go on, then. So, well, I have to get in the other room. So, chat amongst right. yourselves. All right. Well, while he's chatting amongst themselves, what Ron doesn't know, because he's not listening at the moment, is I'd also pulled it up on Wikipedia. And the cast list is as follows. Peter O'Toole as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, going down the list, Harvey Keitel, Paul McGann, Bill Nighy, Phoebe Nichols, Anna Chancellor as Peter Pan, and Mel Gibson in an uncredited Damn, cameo I reach, appearance. I returned it. Mel Gibson Damn. in an uncredited cameo appearance as Francis's father. Is it? Yeah. To the oh. cast list on Wikipedia. Oh, good job. I missed that totally. There we are. There you go. So once again, you're correct. Uh, well, I am correct because I knew where to look. Because as soon as you said the film title, I started to look on Wikipedia. In case I was thinking oh, of which another film. Oh, which, of course, film. Is, is the most <clears throat> trustworthy. Well, there, is, there have been other films. Mm-hmm. Well, there have been other films uh, about the Cottingley Fairies or related to the Cottingley Fairies. I wanted to make sure it was the right one that we were watching at Christmas time, which mm-hmm. indeed it was. So there we are. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, so anyways, uh, I also found out that, uh, do you remember back, uh, I can't try to think of how long ago, uh, probably maybe 20 years, maybe 10 years. I don't. I can't even remember now. There was a... Another uh, another sighting of the Cottingley Fairies. There have been a, quite a number of claims of sightings in mm-hmm. the Beck down the years. Um, <clears throat> I mean, some of them reach the media. Some of them just are just claimants that uh, you know, don't really get very far with it. Um, quite a lot of New Age people will still visit the area and claim that uh, they've experienced or encountered the small folk. But what's interesting, and I remember when we had a, a Jackie, our guest from Ireland, talking about Irish folklore, mm-hmm. is, <clears throat> of course, these fairies follow very much the the Peter Pan, uh, the, t- the Tinkerbell uh, right, right. fairy, whereas in British folklore and mythology, um, the fairy is... Your your height and my height, you know, normal human build, more yeah. like fairies in the Lord of the Rings. Right. So this idea of them, you know, now what what's also interesting is I um, the girls who eventually did own up to uh, rigging the photographs, they were they were cutouts uh, from 
Princess Somebody's girl, Book for Girls. Um, <clears throat> they always maintain that one of the photographs, the last photograph, the fifth photograph, uh, was not staged by them. And that throughout, uh, I think Francis, the younger of the sisters, had said that, uh, the younger of the two cousins had said that um, they had recreated the photographs because they wanted the adults to believe what they had actually seen. And the adults, you know, were, were dismissive of, the, of right. the children's claims of seeing the fairies. And so they, they staged it in order to get the adults to believe what the children, what the children had claimed right. to have Absolutely. seen. So, but they maintain that the fifth photograph um, of a group of the group of five mm-hmm. uh, that, that ultimately uh, were, were made was. Uh, and they were they were checked by uh, photographic experts, and they were not tampered with. Uh, is well, of course they were because they were <clears throat> because the pictures were actually of objects. They were actually of two dimensional cutouts from pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were pinned onto onto uh, the undergrowth. However, as I said, the girls do maintain, did maintain, that the fifth photograph, which I believe was called the Fairy Bower, uh, was it was in fact a genuine photograph. I mean, there have also been experts have also argued over the photograph of the supposed goblin, the little creature with the pointy hat, um, and questioned why the the hand was so elongated. And so distorted, and, and you know that this was not a normal effect that they would have expected from photography. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there there's we are. some interesting <clears throat> effects to it. In I mean, fact, there are I people would... who believe in fairies. Mm-hmm. Right? Quite a few, like our uh, God bless them. Co, my co-host uh, on Monday, uh, Roxy Zwicker, who, who will be doing making fairy houses and, and That's, explaining it's why, Just, explaining why we make believing. fairy houses in UK, in the US. Well, does Roxy think, believe that the fairies are little Tinkerbell fairies or the more traditional folklore fairies, the taller there's, ones? There's actually all different species of them. So that's all right. Yeah. I mean, you, you're just talking about traditional folk st- stories. but uh, Well, traditional folk stories go back a lot further than the Cottingley story. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's 100 years this year to the Cottingley yeah, fairies. So, yeah, there were Cyclops 100,000 <laughs> years if you go back to the folk art story too, but it doesn't mean they existed. Uh, was no smoke yeah, without your, fire. Your logic, as usual, is always flawed. There's no, there's no smoke without fire. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Anyways, moving I right along. Cyclops. You do? Yeah. Oh, mind you, he lost his other eye in a motorbike accident. So yeah, but that doesn't count. He doesn't eat anyway. people. Uh, does he? Uh, Maybe anyway. he does. I don't know. Yeah. Does he? <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Yeah, I was actually watching <laughs> another movie, which was, oh, God. Uh, which was, uh, Hang on. let me get back to the Wikipedia, <laughs> which was uh, Mrs. Pedigree's uh, home for peculiar children, which was done in Wales, believe it or not. Was it? Yeah. I At least they it. Pr- portrayed it as Wales. Uh, well, I've got to admit, it's not one. It's not one I've come across. And guess what? What? Uh, there is no, there is no Wikipedia page for it. <laughs> All right, hang on, the, hang on. Mrs. Predigree Home for Peculiar Children does not. The page does not exist. Ooh, that's really weird. It'll. I mean, it will have its own IMDb page. But, I mean, I would type this stuff myself, but it's too much like work. Oh, do you have the secretary in today? Uh, so, anyways, it, it was it was uh, done by Richard. I mean, yeah, Richard. <laughs> By um, 
Burton, Tim Burton, which is one of my favorite directors. Uh, and it's called Miss P-E-R-E-G-R. Peregrine. Peregrine's home. Home for peculiar, peculiar children. You found it? It's on Wikipedia. Well, I'll be damned. Because now I've got the right name set at a place called Kernholm in Wales. I don't know if it was filmed in Wales. Uh, uh, is there such a place that exists? Uh, I don't believe so. That doesn't okay, mean it does Sometimes they'll, t- they'll tell you in the... It's not one actually... It's not one I've, I don't think I've seen. Mm, it's um, not a bad movie. Once again, great, great movie for the family. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I've just I've just highlighted it because obviously the boys are off uh, to summer holidays here in the UK, and um, they they do like Tim Burton uh, stuff. So oh, uh, yeah, straight up it. I, I'll yeah, we can we can get it from Apple later. I've just checked; it's available, so that's good. Look, so yeah. it got a good write up anyway. Yeah, of course. I just gave it. Didn't you hear it? What? I gave it a good write up. Okay. Jeez, when I give a recommendation, you might as well take it to the bank because you know that if it's going to yeah, be better. No, 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 Lisa, you recommend me. Uh, that was a mistake. I'm, <laughs> I went out of my life, you know. But that's anyway. So you were on holiday and you yeah. were broadcasting from some freaking fairy link oh. rink or something last week. No, I was uh, broadcasting from the promenade at Hollyhead, which is the ferry port. The, yeah, fairy the fairy See, I told I, you. You are some fairy Ireland. ring. Yeah. Some fairying. Right. Told you. Fairy ring. However, um, not very far away from where I was, there, there are several uh, stone circles, henges, which are in folklore described as fairy rings. And there in fact, yeah, so there is, uh, I know, there are lots of stories of fairies told around Wales and the west coast of the United Kingdom, particularly, most particularly in Cornwall and also the Isle of Man. Now, the Isle of Man, is a oh, cool a, island, huh? That's a cool island. Yeah, the Isle of Man. It's uh, it's in the middle of the Irish Sea between the UK and uh, the Irish Republic. It's not very big, um, but they have uh, quite a long folklore of meddling fairies and a place called Fairy Bridge, uh, where it is still a tradition amongst not just the visitors but also uh, island folk that. Uh, failing to say bid good morning to the fairies as you cross the bridge will bring you extreme bad luck for the rest of the day because the fairies the fairies will be displeased with you and lots and lots of people on the island the locals and of course the tourists all abide by that uh tradition that folk tradition so um yeah fairies on the west coast of the united kingdom i i Actually, they're quite rare on the east coast, the European-facing coast of, of the UK. Uh, there are some stories. Of course, Yorkshire, where the Cottingley story is based, is more east than west. But there is a long, long tradition of fairies and little people. Um, the Cornish have the, the Pisky uh, or the Pixie. Uh, we call it the Pixie here. They call it the Pisky. Um, so little people and fairy folk, the fair folk, the fae, uh, they, they come under different names, are uh, particularly common on the west, the Atlantic coasts of uh, the United Kingdom, and, of course, Ireland. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen a ferry? Uh, not when sober. No, there you go. 
In fact, according to folklore, you have to be in a particular spot. Um, you know, literally, a there are there are special places where the grass or the earth is uh, charged, and you are able to, if you stand on those spots, you are able to see the magical islands that lurk off the Welsh coast, which are inhabited by the fairy folk, uh, and who come to market once a week to buy goods and to swap goods. Um, so you have to be in just the right place to see fairies. You know, it's interesting. You you brought something, a, a very interesting point. There are islands that appear and disappear and islands that there or aren't there. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. We have, uh, there are several actually. Uh, China is, is the place at the moment for cities and islands appearing out in the sky or off the coast. Um, there are lots of them. There have been quite a few on social media of late. But here in, coming back to West Wales uh, and, and other parts of the west-facing coasts of the United Kingdom, there are many, many legends of sunken cities and sunken towns uh, or islands that appear and disappear off the coast, some giving rise or associated with the Atlantis myth. Now, what's, what's, what is a fact, a demonstrable fact, and it's a place I visited last week, is that um, during there was a great inundation that was recorded in the 17th century. Uh, following an earthquake, there was a tsunami that, that inundated uh, large areas of land here in Great Britain. Really? Um, we have off our, far up north? Uh, yeah. We have off our western coast um, sunken forests, petrified sunken forests, and also sunken towns that are documented and archaeologically recorded. Uh, from Anglesey, where I was last week, North Wales, right down the west coast to here in West Wales. Um, and it's believed that that um, at some point there was this, uh, because it is documented in historical records of a great inundation, a great flood that hit the land following the English Civil War. So that would be the late 17th century. Um, and a number of towns, villages, communities were completely engulfed by the sea and lots of the there are lots of stories told along the west coast that at certain times of the year or certain times of the day or certain types of weather the bells of these undersea uh, churches the ones that were flooded and and inundated can still be heard to be uh, ringing oh well wow, that's pretty cool i just got a message from uh CC in the uh, ch uh, Parallax chat room. She tells us that Miss Pendergreen was filled in Lancaster and Cornwall. Uh, well, Lanca Lancaster's in England, in the north of, northwest of England, and Cornwall is obviously uh, a county to the south of us. It's the southernmost of the English counties. And the town of Carnenholm? Carnenholm? I don't know. This English is gross. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah, you can say Worcester, not Worcestershire or Worcester, like the rest of Worcester. America manage. It's Worcester. Worcester. But have you ever heard anybody from California try to deal with that? No, they can't do that. They can't say that, can they? But you know, going back to the islands, there are certain. Sorry, California. Yeah, there are certain conditions where actually cities will appear out of the ocean. And there, there are spots in the Great Lakes uh, when the weather conditions are right. Uh, you, it actually bends the light and can make a city appear and uh, disappear. 
I've seen some of those on, on, on uh, the internet because people have used that to support their claims that the Earth is flat, amongst others, but also this idea that light can be bent by atmospheric conditions. And I've seen pictures taken on the US side of um, uh, Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big tower in, I can't remember the name of the tower in Toronto now, but they've taken pictures of that from the, Ameri- the US side, from, su- from southern Canada. It's a, it's a really cool stuff. I mean, there, there are also islands that are on the charts, uh, navigational charts, and, and yet they don't exist. That No one's ever found them. Which well, they were always put down as here be dragons. Here be dragons. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. There are, uh, on today's no, one thing, there are islands that are definitely on the charts, but they don't exist in, in real life, and vice versa. There are islands that aren't on the charts, and they are there. So this is, I mean, we've got a huge earth here, and we take it for granted at the time, but there is so many mysteries for us to unravel and uh, well, discover. Well, maps, uh, yeah, I mean, particularly, I mean, with modern satellite photography, you'd think that they would have managed to pin them down by now, but there are still large areas of the globe that we don't understand. I mean, you know, I found a roundabout that wasn't wasn't marked on any map the other day. Um <laughs> Thanks, Tom Tom, for that one. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we believe that what we see on a map or we, you know, we, we see is, is a factual representation. You know, it's factual. It's, not, it's a representation. Cartographers, in fact, what, what, what's quite well known is that I don't know. In, in, in South Canada, do you have the famous A to Z series of uh, road, road atlases, road maps? Uh, I'm not aware of them, let's put it that ah. way. Well, we do in the UK. There are very famous uh, sort of uh, series. You can buy one for most towns or cities, and it's called the A to Z Guide, and it lists literally every road. Oh, yeah, to, that's right. I have heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard of them, yeah. Well, well, they actually put in additional roads, um, ghost roads, not because they're haunted or anything, but to prevent their maps from being pirated or copyright, uh, breaking the copyright protection, they will add in a certain number of ghost roads spurious roads that don't that don't exist um onto their mapping so mapping can be you know it's, it's a construct of of the map maker and i've always been fascinated by maps even as a small boy i actually used to collect maps when i was a small boy really? and used to in classroom i used to doodle maps um bizarrely of railway systems i never really had an interest in trains but i used to make railway maps but that's another story um yes it is <laughs> but map, maps, I mean, they are, they're fascinating. There are many, many people who collect maps you know, and, and uh, you know, are fascinated by cartography. And this idea that we can represent our world, I was looking fairly recently at a brand new representation of the Earth because obviously we look at it in two dimensions on a map. And of course, that's inaccurate. Greenland becomes as large as Africa uh, and North America, South America. It, 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 they they are uh, not accurately depicted. South America appears to be a very very long, quite narrow uh, landmass, um, and India too also appears to be quite small when compared to Africa. And yet, this new cartography, this new map uh, making process that this has been uh, that this cartographer has developed places the 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 continents in the. Um, correct relationship of size and you realize that greenland for example is actually quite a small little place 
and that when put alongside Africa, North America is really rather irrelevant in, in its actual uh, physical size. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I've, I've flown from you know, coast to coast in North America. And it's a very, very big place. So when you see that alongside Africa truly represented, you know, it, it makes it makes you realize that for the past 50 years, the view that, you know, one has of Africa as a continent is is wrong. And so we, we come to rely on maps and we come to rely on this idea that, you know, what's shown there is genuine or what's omitted isn't there. Mm-hmm. But maps are wrong. Maps can be wrong. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's there. Like you said, they're very, very intriguing. Uh, you know, we always have these maps that show up that show like the the Chinese have discovered North America, or the or uh, the Phoenicians have you know discovered Florida or something. Or you know the, these maps. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is some of them uh, when you do the actual. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Validation of them. You find out that it's it's a little flawed at times, but yet they'll take the people will take those and say, ah, this see, this is the example that absolutely proves, but no, not necessarily if you do your research. Yeah, but there's maps can also throw up some intriguing possibilities too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I mean like one? Do you have one offhand? Uh, well, I was actually going to suggest the Vikings in North America. Uh, mm-hmm. And the idea that that possibly um, they made it as far as West Westford Westfield. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, no, but, that was the Scots. Yeah, um, and there is a map that supports that. Uh, it's ba- it's in Edinburgh at Rosslyn, and the map is believed to show the route taken by um, the Earl of Rosslyn and his merry band of Crusader knights. Uh, as they took the Holy Grail to uh, South Canada and uh, and hid it there. And in fact, in, in the small village of Ma- in Massachusetts, uh, there is a, by the side of the road, underneath a wooden cover, protected by, <laughs> protected by uh, construction tape, hazard tape, uh, there is a representation of what appears to be a medieval, European medieval knight in plate and uh, chainmail armor yeah, but we never saw it clear well you never saw it but i saw it i've seen well, it several times well i saw the rubbing of it and i've seen photographs of it and it does you know, i've seen the the actual stone as well so uh, what you couldn't find it the second time no i can't find my way out of the driveway <laughs> You can't find your I own, have yeah. no sense of direction. I uh, know, I know, I know what's going to happen in two months' time when you pick me up at Logan. It's a case. Yeah, of tell me how to get home. Yeah, find I uh, find find route four ninety five. Yeah, where, which way, Steve? Which way do I four, go now? Four ni- four ninety five north. How, how sad is that? You know, I mean, here, here you come <laughs> travel three thousand miles or whatever the hell it is, and I'm asking you for directions. Four ninety five north. It's easy. Yeah, well, not always. Or, or US Anyways, we're going to take a, a break because uh, the the two ends are playing. Two ends, two ends, yeah, the two ends. So, uh, anyways, you listen to Ghost Chronicles um, International, I believe, right here on Toji Night Parrex and uh, wherever else we're played, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Toginet. 
Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. Um, during the uh, break, I was frantically searching. You were busy by Santa Claus? No, I was frantically searching for a scrap of paper I, I scribbled out on the flight last year, which says the following. When you see one, it's I-90 East to I-95 North, MA-60. I don't know what that is. Uh, follow I-95 North to MA-110 East, then Exit to Salisbury Beach Road. Nice. I wrote that. I wrote that on the plane last year in the back of my passport. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Because <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. Mm. I've no idea. Is that, does that sound like the right route? Well, it must have oh, been sure. got there. Whatever. Yeah. How the hell do I know? Well, it's, it's I ninety five to one ten east. What's MA one? Is that a Massachusetts road? MA one right. ten. Right. Yeah. I just copied it. Exit fifty eight A to I ninety five north. And then follow it. Although, you know, why didn't we just use US 1? Whatever. Anyways. Because that's uh, a very right. historic and very haunted highway. No. You've ne- Move it right yes, along. It is. Yes, Move it right is. Along. There's a whole book about the, There's a whole book about the ghosts of US 1. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, move it right <clears> along. Yeah. You're listening uh, to us on Pararex, Toganet. Yes, we're up and running on Pararex. We sound or, really good. Or even, um, or even the internet, um, uh, iTunes. Uh, yeah, or not. I could be iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, 
uh, your vacation? Did you finally get to go to some any of those sites that you wanted to like? Yeah, we went, we went to all of them. We went to uh, to the jail at Bomaris and also to the haunted uh, to the haunted and um, uh, historic uh, judges uh, sort of courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, See the and- floating around. He, he he wasn't in. Um, we went also, which is perhaps the most interesting, we returned to um, a, a part of the island, right in the centre of the island, where I was talking about stone science and the um, the archaeology museum, the, yeah. the geology archaeology museum. Oh, yeah, we, right. we, we revisited the site, and we were there a little early to visit, for, uh, visit with friends around the building, so we decided to have a look around the countryside uh, to a site of the church at um, Schlandervenen, uh, where uh, there is a well well reported figure of a the vicar or, uh, or, or reverend in charge of the church, his ghostly form appears. Um, so we, we we revisited that site and also we we went out to have a look See at the him. lane. No, he wasn't there either. Uh, and we revisited the lane uh, Lon Ibubach, which is the only road. Easy in, for you to say. Yeah, the only road in Wales that is named after a ghost. Lon is Welsh for road or lane, Lon Lane. So Lon E is of or the. So it would be Lane of the Bubach. Bubach translates closest of, uh, of all to ghost or boggart. Um, so the Lane of the Ghost. So we uh, we had a look at that. And of course, yeah, nothing was there either. Uh, but it was... It was such a such a, a an old landscape. I mean, you know, the field the field markers, the field patterns are largely unchanged for more than a thousand years. Um, the right? land, the landscape, it's like most of the country, right? It's like five Americas. Um, like most of the country, though, it's still stuck in the past. Yeah, um, sorry, four Americas, um, but it's it's the land just you know it. It just has an atmosphere um, that's because of the history, possibly because I know of the history and possibly because I've spent so many days there over the years walking, you know, walking the fields, um, visiting the, the church, visiting the churchyard, spending time there. Just just as you Americans would say, just chilling, um, just chilling. Um, and it's hard not to take a little bit of that with you or to for some of it to rub off on you uh, for some of the romance some of the history some of the aura of the, of the landscape to to attach itself to you you know we we often forget uh, surrounded as we are by history we often do become blase to it and it's when you visit a place that you, perhaps you haven't been to for a number of years that you're reminded of of, of that connection because you know it's it's like america's old you know it's been there for as long as britain's been there just nobody was there to see it oh yeah all those native americans (laughs) i thought they all got wiped out by custer yeah but they were there i thought custer killed them all that's what probably older than there but you know what's John, interesting, though, John is Wayne we, Costa killed them all. You know, you know, seriously. You know what's really interesting, and and yeah. I found that uh, extremely intriguing, is that um, you know we always think about like the the Incas and the Peruvian, you know, from uh, the Incas and the Aztecs and all that, and and you know, oh, they were there for long before, and and all this other stuff. But 
in reality, I, I don't know, and I, of course, again, you know, you know, me with names, I'm not sure, but I, it's either the Aztecs, the Yanking Empire, the museum in London is actually older than that empire. Uh, that would be the Aztec Empire, the latter one, because before that you had the Maya and the Inca and the yeah, Toltec. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I knew you could. I yeah, knew you could yeah, correct me. Yeah, the so Toltec, the Maya. That's the, that's the good thing about the doing a show with you, Steve. I never have to worry about being wrong because <laughs> I know you're going to correct me. So I have no problem. You know, if I don't I'm get just, my straight facts straight, don't worry. I'll be corrected. I have no problem. I'm just making sure that our listeners, both of them, get you know the proper the proper access to facts. Right. Exactly. But isn't that intriguing though? We always think of like all these ancient civilizations and you know what britain is well, damn even old. when the night the not the night following the the last week's radio show so wednesday of last week um we'd had a rainy day and it it started to clear up in the right, evening the last so, two days here so we went cemetery tripping um to a place to a, 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 the little village of aberfraw now aberfraw we talk about history aberfraw was the capital of wales um, more than 1,200 years ago and was the capital city of the Welsh kings. Um, and we, we visited um, several sort of very old churchyards there were. And these were so typically Gothic. You know you have this archetypal vision of an overgrown churchyard dripping with ivy and yew trees and everything overgrown and the, 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 the headstones sort of twisted at awkward angles by, by being struck by lightning. And, you know, it, it was so Edgar Allan Poe that Edgar Allan Poe could have, you know, designed it as a movie set, mm-hmm. uh, had he so desired. Or Tim uh, Burton. Or Tim Burton. And because it was, um, it had been a wet, thundery, humid day, the weather was so atmospheric. Um, it was such a special um, evening, uh, to to go cemetery tripping so that was a that was a a great evening and then we also visited a little later the same night we we visited a burial chamber a cemetery cemetery that is four thousand five hundred years old uh the temp the the, uh burial chamber at marclodia de gauras up on the coast um and this this has got etched stones that form a uh, a burial chamber that, that's been earthed over with, and uh, well, stones and earth been placed over it, and it, it faces the ancestors in Ireland across the Irish Sea, and it's right on a headland, and it's been in the same place for an unimaginable length of time. It was put there before the pyramids were built. Isn't that uh, amazing? It's incredible, utterly, utterly incredible. And you go there, and you, I think you'd have to be made of brick not to be touched by yeah yeah of these places i think you would have to be dead from the head down um not to you know not to allow this sort of depth of history um to touch you Mm -hmm. you know i I, you know both uh you know with me my feet are, uh, are firmly planted in science but you know as i said you'd have to be dead from the head down not to be uh touched by by the history the majesty and the specialness of these places yeah, it's pretty cool. So speaking about cool stuff, and we didn't get yeah. to talk to it last week because you were running on about your vacation. I was rambling, wasn't I? Yeah, I, yeah. I never got to get it. But I, I did this great event 
I took Dr. Ang's uh, quantum spoon binden class, which was Ooh. a lot of fun, actually. I, I enjoyed myself. I, I was there as basically, uh, I like to think of myself as an observer. That's, you know, and uh, it was fun. I, I got all this, they gave you nice heavy silverware and you got to bend it all up. So it was kind of cool. Uh, have you ever done that spoon bending? I remember at the time when Geller, when Yuri Geller was popular. Oh, Yuri Geller, yep. <clears throat> um, I, I remember having a go with absolutely no success whatsoever. I sat there one evening with a spoon I'd rescued from the kitchen drawer, and I <laughs> and I I rubbed it between forefinger and thumb for the longest time until the skin was raw on my fingertips, but nothing, absolutely nothing. Didn't yeah, it's, 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 it's intriguing. Uh, just about everywhere. There was only one person of the class of 40 that uh, didn't have any luck, and I think that was primarily because of state of mind, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, the class itself is designed to explain quantum healing, actually, rather than just uh, spoon bending. Uh, you know, Basically, they showed how you could uh, use quantum physics to affect the physical world, basically. And uh, so they, there were seven different methods of uh, quantum spoon bending. And I, I did them all fairly easily, too, actually, I have to say. And, and some of them, uh, you know, I did my own little experiments. Uh, and I was quite pleased with the results. And I've got a whole bunch of bent up spoons here uh, I, I have a Geller spoon um, it was given to me a number of years ago you're a Geller spoon? yeah and it's signed as well <laughs> really? well that'll have to come uh, that, over that, next year that, do you know how common they are? everybody's got one every time yeah. you're a Geller does, you know, goes somewhere or does a performance you know everybody mm-hmm. you know you bend the spoon and sign it for me um, you know they're, they're not uncommon. Uh, I no. know. I know several people that have got a Geller spoon. Um, but how? How? What methods did you use? Because I couldn't do it. So what? What? What's the trick? Yeah, that's that's the coolest thing, Steve. And uh, it, maybe it is because you're you're too grounded in science at times that you you have the problem. Is sometimes you just have to let you go in the moment, you know, and try to understand what. The mumble jumble is all about. So, you know, there there are seven different methods. Like I said, one of them was actually uh, you would take. Now, God, this quantum physics. Let, let me explain it. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. However, that being said, it is probably the most represent, misrepresented uh, theories in in the world. Uh, people take little bits and pieces of quantum physics and use it to validate whatever modalities they're trying to validate. And so, and that in itself is, is interesting to think. But anyways, so one of them that I found intriguing is that uh, they believe that there is another you. In other words, the person uh, of non-physical body that is the one that astral projects uh, the one that is seen as a uh, that can uh, vision places and stuff like that. So what you do is you contact this other you, 
okay? And you ask the other you to bend the spoon for you. And, okay, and then you say, okay, that's it, good. And then you go, you pick up the f- spoon, and it bends. Do you hold it in one or two hands? You don't hold it at all. Oh, okay. So if you put the spoon in a box and then close the box, would that be Oh, like- no, 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 it's, uh, I'm sorry, I misrepresented, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, no, you actually, you do handle the spoon, don't get me wrong, but right. it's not like you, you sit there holding it. Like, the, the, for instance, the one I just talked about, it was placed on the floor in front of me, and you visualize this whole thing, and you just picked up the spoon, and, and, and I, like I said, I, my only experiments, I, I tried to bend it uh, according to the way I wanted it to bend it. In other words, I just wasn't going to pick it up and bend it in half. I would do it in particular ways that I wanted to bend it. So I visualized that happening by my other self and so uh it would do it up and it, it just it would hold up it might take a second at times uh there are times it just bent there are other times it took uh you know a couple seconds before it bent but uh how far yeah did the, it bend? what's that how many how did how far did it bend how many degrees Big bender yeah, it, or slight yeah, bender? It, depending on the particular ones that i did i mean i bid one totally over uh, other ones, I, I bent the tines on, which are extremely uh, more difficult to bend. Uh, and I, in one of the tines, I, I wanted to make sure I actually used one modality to duplicate that. I wanted to, you know, I bent one of the tines, so I lost that down. Then the next modality I used, I was able to bend that same thing the same way. And there are other times where I bent the spoon and then used it to unbend it. Uh, so I, I did my own little experiments along the way. It was intriguing, Steve, really. I think you would enjoy it, but I think you have to go in, and I think the problem is uh, a lot of people is, is they become too wrapped up in non-believing that it, it, that's why it doesn't happen for them. You know, you, how many times have you been on ghost hunting and, uh, or, or, or had places in, in, that have been haunted, and you have one person that will see the spirit and everything else, and and somebody said, well, I don't believe in it, but I've never seen it, you know. And I think part of that is how we perceive different things and affects, affects our reality. Uh, does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I was talking about the number of ghost hunts I've been on where somebody's claimed, yeah, most of them, um, where I've you know, sat there and had the quietest night. Um, I was just thinking of a, you know, if we had a cardboard box with a spoon in it, that would be like Schrodinger's spoon, wouldn't it? Because you wouldn't know it was bent right. or not bent until you opened the box. And, exactly. That's yeah. what you always use as well. But I, I think of demonstrations in order in, in a couple of months' time. I mean, I'm going to have to see this one because I'm intrigued. I think you're going to have to show me spoon bending on the porch. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Don't be shy. I am. We'll make a, I really we'll make am. a little I mean, video. I, we'll make a little video of it for Ghost Chronicles. That would be intriguing because I, I haven't tried it since. And oh, I think well, part of part of the why the success is so great in those type of classes is that you have so many people on the same uh, wavelength, uh, and so I think that. Well, it's a similar things been said about sounds, isn't it? You need it is. I, I absolutely a, agree. A with group you of that. people, and uh, not just a group of people, but the same group of people over and over and over, which I believe is the basis of your own red light sciences. Exactly. Um, where you take, you know, more or less substantially the same group of people um, on a regular basis, 
Um, and rather like EVP, uh, those who, who conduct EVP experiments away from haunted locations say that, you know, they have to practice for a, a protracted period of time, you know, weeks or months before they start to get any results. So, you know, my, my lone attempt with a spoon whilst, uh, you know, watching TV and spending, you know, three or four hours rubbing my fingers raw. Uh, to no effect, <laughs> I think that's funny. And so funny. Yeah, to no effect whatsoever. Um, yeah, maybe I should have given it another go once my fingers had healed. Uh, you know, I think it's worth a try, and maybe, uh, maybe we'll try that. Maybe that's something we that'd be a good uh, little uh, thing. To, uh, yeah. What do you call it? Uh, Side uh, experiment. Experiment. It's certainly something. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the fact that you had such good results intrigues me. Um, because I know, <laughs> thanks. Steve. I, I know. Confidence. Well, I was about to I say love your confidence in me. <laughs> well, I was about to add a compliment by saying I know yeah. that whatever you appear like on this show, you're actually quite level-headed, um, and that you wouldn't be ordinarily. Uh, I appear like. Well, yeah, you appear like. You appear to be level. You? you appear to be level-headed on the show, uh-huh. but in reality, <laughs> you are. <laughs> I, I know that you're not easily, you know, fooled. Um, and so the fact that you, you had results does intrigue me, and it's something that hopefully uh, I get to see for myself and maybe explore what, quantum spoon bending. For, uh... But you're right. I mean, quantum physics has been – it is the universal panacea for the um, the New Age community because yeah, – yeah, Mediums use it. Uh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Modalities and, use it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the good, one of the reasons why is it's so it's incredibly difficult for the lay community to debunk quantum physics because, you know, in reality, uh, quantum physicists don't really. In fact, I think it was a, a quantum physicist that once said, "If somebody can explain to you quantum physics, then they're not a quantum physicist." And <laughs> um, and it's that incredible complication and that credible incredible amount of difficulty trying to comprehend it means that it does. Uh, allow a lot of get out get out of jail um oh, absolutely yeah. you know for you know you can you can turn uh the the spooky effect that einstein described um into i find i have seen it turned into um an explanation for ghosts i've seen quantum physics uh, used as an explainer for why the earth is flat and how NASA, for all of these years, has been lying to us um, about the flat Earth as part of some, some sort of weird giant conspiracy. Um, you know, it is the universal explainer um, for for many um, of the New Age ideas and beliefs. But it, it's a real branch of physics that is incredibly complex. And, I mean, uh, I, you know, people talk to me and they said, oh, you know, they'll, they'll talk about ISIS. If you want to talk quantum physics, I will talk quantum physics, but I don't want to talk to it about how it is applied to some modality or, or mediumship or, or anything, really. I want to, let's talk quantum physics, see what we really understand what the hell we're talking about. And, and I find most people who really don't. Well, they, you're absolutely right they don't. Um, the vast majority of people, including, as I said, physicists, have a great deal of difficulty with um, the, the the sort of the detail of quantum physics. The actual 
broader picture it isn't really that complicated um, and, and can be grasped by somebody with you know sort of high school physics qualifications or understanding but when you start to get down to the real nitty-gritty of it it becomes incredibly complex and incredibly mind-bendingly mind-bogglingly weird the fact Just that like you know, bones, right when they were looking at the electron, one of the things that they discovered when they were looking, when they were finally able to visualize electrons uh, at quantum level, is that they weren't there sometimes. Sometimes they were there, and sometimes they weren't there. And then there's action at a distance where two particles yep. um, can behave identically one can influence another and they can behave even though they could be separated by by you know distance by a, a vast distances uh, an effect that you know again physics can't explain the most recent i mean that's been put to good effect though because quite recently in fact while i was on holiday uh, the world's first or one of the first teleports into space was done with a photon um scientists claim to have teleported a photon uh, from Earth to an orbiting satellite uh, and uh, successfully teleported this photon. Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Um, of course, a photon being a particle of light, um, which is measurable at quantum level. So, of course, quantum physics was brought in for the excavation. But I started to think of itself, well, if a photon is a particle of light, then instead of teleporting it, if they just got a big enough torch and shone it at the space station or the satellite, and they could see it, then photons have got there. Because, of course, photons can travel infinitesimal distances across space and time. That's why we can see the, the light from ancient stars. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. So it possibly I, mean, I know that they, they've actually <laughs> been able to, to send a particle into the future as well, which is... Well, we don't know until they get there. <laughs> no, they probably actually measured it. Yeah, they've been able to do it. Well, a- I, I know. I know that theoretical time travel um, is supported by uh, by physics. Yeah, uh, and they, they have done. I believe it's in Boston too, where they, yeah. they actually did that. And there are a lot of reasons why some scientists believe that it's impossible to travel forwards in time; that you can only travel backwards in time. Really. Um, but the argument being, of course, well, why haven't people from the future come back and visited us? How do you know they haven't? Well, in fact, funnily enough, only the other day I was reading an article that suggested that that's what Area 51 really is. It's got nothing to do with aliens whatsoever, that it's really a giant stargate into the future. Um, so uh, the Americans or Southern Canadians can travel forwards. Uh, into into the future and get technology and weaponry and medical stuff and then bring it back to the present day and then hide it all in a hangar in Area 51 and protect it um, from ever being used or seen, which rather defeats the purpose of having it, I suppose. If you go to all that trouble to go and get something and then say, right, well, now we've got it, we're going to hide it, not use it. What? What a time. Yeah. Uh, well, we're at, we're at the time in some in some dimensions. In other this dimensions, we're just starting. This is true. Because in quantum physics, of course, according to the explanation, all outcomes and all probabilities are equally likely and exist in parallel dimensions. There we go. Speaking of uh, Anne Winsper's creepy doll, isn't that awesome? It is. And do you know what? Uh, I've got a new one. 
<laughs> you do. Yeah, you raggedy ant type dog. Of course you do. You always one up to everyone. No, 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 no. This typical. Typical. I do like ants. Um, and but did you see in the in the uh, quick news story some dopey British paranormal investigator spent eight hundred and sixty-six pounds buying a haunted doll because it appeared on the daytime television program. That's awesome. No, that's for the person who sold it. It's awesome for the person who sold it. Eight hundred and sixty-six pounds. Somebody needed their head, their bumps reading that night. Well, somebody just has a lot of money. Yeah, they want to get rid of a reference to phrenology. And, uh, you know how many people could say they've got a doll that's on a TV show? Uh, well, nowadays, you. you? Yeah, I can say I've got lots, I've got four dolls, and not one of them has ever appeared on television. Oh, that's one a shame. Them, we'll have to one bring the, one over, and then we'll make it pure yeah. show. But for the modern generation of flat screen plasma televisions, you can't even sit them on the television anymore and make make that claim. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyways, we're just about run out of time. You'll be over here, Spirit Quest. Check and out I the did. Website. I did remember to get you a Roman coin for the cabinet <laughs> of curiosities. In eghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Get your tickets. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, anything else you want to add? No, get your tickets. You'll miss out big time if you're not there. Houdini and Doyle. With a reenactment, well, not a reenactment, but we'll actually have a Houdini stage show, the incomplete stage show that Houdini uh, used in uh, fairy tales. Ah, two ones. Really. Yep, see you later. <laughs> Till next time. Uh, good night, God bless, and keep a stiff upper lip and all that crap. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.